Welcome, and thanks for joining with AIP, the American Institute of Pyramid Research. We study pyramids around the world, especially in Egypt, with the belief they hold special wisdom. Please subscribe to our channel as we uncover long hidden secrets, explain sacred symbols, and demystify the world's greatest mysteries. Well, thanks for joining us again. If you saw our last video, you know we talked about this uh, really interesting idea that the Vitruvian Man of Da Vinci reveals the Great Pyramid. It's hidden away there. And also we talked about the, a model of the Great Pyramid, actually five times larger than the actual Great Pyramid on the, on the plateau of Giza there. So the idea of there, of there being a man in the Great Pyramid, I thought I was the author of that. This, uh, my, here's the proof of my credentials here. This was taken, this sketch, I'm not a very good artist, was taken from a pamphlet I wrote in the 1970s about the Great Pyramid when I first started this institute that, that I run that studies uh, pyramids around the world. And so I made some sketches because it seemed to me that the internal passage structure of the Great Pyramid was replicating a human, replicating a human being, and I still believe that. Uh, when I read Peter Lemessier's book, The Great Pyramid Decoded, a great book about the pyramid, he seems to personify the pyramid. He talks about the Great Pyramid almost as if it was a person. So in one of my later books, uh, I put on the front cover uh, the idea of a man inside the Great Pyramid. So again, this, this idea I thought was you know, unique with me, but then we found out that it's uh, you know, more widespread because da Vinci puts the Vitruvian man in, uh, in, with the Great Pyramid. We'll see that in a second. Now, he drew the Vitruvian Man in 1492, and isn't it interesting that in 1492, uh, Columbus, you know, discovered America, okay? So, uh, he drew the Vitruvian Man in 1492. So, interesting. Basically, you have here two ways to take your, your, your humanity. You can, you can, you know, subjugate people. You know, you can try and gain stuff, you know, aggrandize things, or you can try and improve yourself. You can grow yourself. You can discover yourself. Okay, there's your choices. All right, well, who was Vitruvius? Vitruvius wrote a book called De Architectura that's still used today. He was a great uh, and famous uh, Roman architect. And his system includes these three things. When you build a building, make it useful. You know, make it durable and strong so it's going to last and make it beautiful. So that's kind of the system that Vitruvius hit. And he also, in his book, he talked about the proportions of a man. You know, how far it is from the finger to the elbow, from the, you know, the tip of your nose to your navel and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, that's what uh, da Vinci was into when he drew his Vitruvian man. Uh, you can see the circle, the square, and the man. So it's man in relationship to the universe. And you can put in, the, you know, the sun and the moon and, and fit with those different things there. Perhaps you've seen people do that. Now, what a lot of people haven't noticed in Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man is he put these horizontal lines in here. And these end up corresponding with uh, the floors of the passages in the Great Pyramid. The way this was sort of discovered, uh, the polymath, uh, Robert Grant, I'll have uh, connections to him in, in the description below. He, he saw that the navel of the Vitruvian Man, if you took uh, a line straight up to the, uh, the corner of the square that's there, it's the slope angle of the Great Pyramid. 51 degrees and change. And so he said to his friend Alan Green, hey, what, do you, what, what can you see here? And so it was Green that noticed the connections between the horizontals and all these chambers uh, that are part of the Vitruvian Man, the subterranean chamber, the ground level, there's a horizontal, the king's chamber, uh, and then possibly these undiscovered chambers. So maybe da Vinci's going to reveal some things the scanned pyramids haven't revealed yet. And Alan Green also shows these seven levels here seem to be related to the seven chakras. Interesting. Okay, now one thing that was missing in the Vitruvian Man was there's no horizontal line for the Queen's Chamber. 
That's like one of the most major passages. All the other passages in the Great Pyramid have a horizontal, but not there. But if you go from the ground level to the king's chamber, it ends up being two fourteenths, one seventh of the whole thing. So that means to the queen's chamber, it would be one fourteenth of, of the whole man. And so in a sense, Da Vinci is saying, I've hidden some things here, and I'm giving you the right to draw them in when you find out that there's something missing there. There's the one fourteenth part, because in Da Vinci's writing, the backward master writing, he's the one that clued us off with the one fourteenth. So he's saying, there's something missing, it's one fourteenth, or actually he says the one fourteenth, you should lower the man one fourteenth. So, um, this is my first attempt at drawing the Vitruvian man. And so if you draw a line basically under where his feet go on the circle and then uh, where they are, are uh, lower down in the circle when he's standing up, that's one fourteenth of the man. So you'd think, well, that's got something to do with lowering the man, you know, by a fourteenth. But then uh, I was thinking, no, it's backwards. Maybe he wants this man to rise because he's writing it backwards. He's Because there's, you know, different theories as to why Da Vinci wrote backward. The main one is, well, he was left-handed and it was just easy for him to do it that way so he didn't blot the ink. Well, it could be probably more with Da Vinci, though, probably more than that. Okay, so in our last video, you saw that there's this five times the size of an elevation view of the Great Pyramid, Great Pyramid that's formed on the Giza soil, defined by the center of Khufu and the center of Menkari. Interesting, okay? So, I superimposed the Da Vinci Great Pyramid picture, basically from Alan Green, reworked it a little bit, over the, uh, that, that, what I call the Giza overlay map. You can see those upper chambers that are sort of prophesied, you know, because we don't know of those in the Great Pyramid, but it seems like they're there, okay? So somebody, I put this on Instagram, uh, that, that picture you're looking at, and uh, one of my followers said, the face. And so I looked at it again, I thought, yeah, there is a face there. That's, there's an eye, you know, there's a mouth, you got kind of a nose there too. So that's the face. But look at that face, I'm thinking is above the face that, that Da Vinci drew. Okay, so there's the idea of ascension, you know. Uh, uh, this is the point that's this, from our last video, the solar boat pit, that upper chamber is right where the solar boat pit would be. So all the things we talked about in the last video, the idea of ascension, or the king taking his last trip, going to the next life and all that. So that's, that's what's kind of you know, revealed there. So Da Vinci's Vitruvian man face is down there, but that's saying to me, because remember my followers saw a face, there's a face there, move up, move the face up. So this is the whole idea of Egyptian cosmology, cosmogony, theology, the resurrection. All these tombs and all these spells, the Book of the Dead and all this. Let's get this king to rise. The Great Pyramid is trying to help us with our ascension. Okay, so here's the Vitruvian Man. So there's the circle that, that Da Vinci put on it. Well, Alan Green added a few circles you can see here to, to get the Great Pyramid placed correctly in relationship to those lines that Da Vinci drew. And so... Um, there's the lines that, that Alan Green added, the circles. So, I put a head there. My Actually, Will Wire, uh, my, my graphics companion here, he drew the man up a little higher. So, you get the idea just where that was suggested, sort of from just below the peak of the Great Pyramid. Now, put, let's put the head where the, where the apex is, the capstone, the Ben-Ben, the Ben-Ben. Who the idea of the phoenix. 
rising. So we're getting all these. And then look at all those arms. It's like bird's wings. It's like we're ascending now. Raise the man. There's that head, okay? And then if you go to that next circle, it goes from being, you know, at the capstone to now you're rising above the capstone up there. Wow. Okay, so we know that uh, Da Vinci hides stuff. So the lines, as far as the Great Pyramid, we showed those, but Da Vinci also has some angled lines instead of just the, the straight horizontals. And so the ones that are in the red and blue here, you can see they kind of go down. But I was interested in these other lines that he has little markers to. That look at that, it goes up. It goes up. And so uh, I tried to figure the scale uh, based as best I could on figuring the angles and stuff. And if you follow those lines to where they come together, it's over 3,000 meters up. That's almost two miles. Now, I put not to scale because it would actually be off the computer screen. But you get the idea here. So I'm getting this idea, again, from Da Vinci. I'm not making this up. This is not me sitting down writing science fiction. Da Vinci got me thinking about this being raised up. Okay, so that's about where you'd be if you were up there. You'd be looking down. You're ascending if you go to those points there. Wow. And then I realized if you follow those points and your arms are sort of like holding the rope like an acrobat, you know, climbing on a trapeze or something, you would eventually disappear. You become smaller and smaller. And isn't that what happens? You know, as we truly elevate, we become more selfless. And as you become more selfless, you can detach and you can be a more objective observer of the world. And I suppose the ultimate is nothingness you know you you're so you know so much you know that you're nothing kind of thing okay so uh if you follow this channel you know that i found uh, some pointers on the east face of the great pyramid which i think are the alpha and the omega so this is i took this from a, a video that ancient architects uh did yesterday about seti one and so I, I take pictures that other people took so it's not just somebody i'm doctoring my own pictures so if you look do you see that now, that's what I've seen. Uh, I've asked others. They say, yeah, I can see that. You're not crazy. But I'll let you decide. You know, is there especially that upper part there? So to me, this is an alpha and omega that's on the east side of the Great Pyramid. You can see it from certain angles. I'll, you know, I'll do a video unique to that someday later. But I saw that. And so I thought, wow, you know, here's an Alan Green uh, likeness of the Vitruvian man on the Great Pyramid. And that's where that upward thing is. That's that whole picture I just drew, the idea of ascension, like helping us make it up to the top. So you can't deny but that ascension and resurrection are fixed themes in ancient Egyptian thought. Okay, but is it just something that they philosophized about? But we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to take it real. Because remember, <clears throat> it was a great concern in their life to prepare for the next life. Like their life was not about getting ready for the Super Bowl you know, making sure you got all the chips and everything in place. Like theirs was getting ready for resurrection, you know, for the age to come. And I believe, and it's one of the uh, founding guiding principles of the American Institute for Pyramid Research, that there's a higher intelligence has left clues for us. And different people suggest different places where those came from, but it's plain, I think, to searchers that there are clues that for whatever reason, the designer, the architect, the clue giver, didn't just say, here's everything. Somehow, you know, we have we play a part in this thing. So this channel is dedicated to pursuing those. So, you know, it seems to be implicit in what uh, Da Vinci is telling us here that uh, the Great Pyramid seems to be saying, you can rise as high as you want. 
Yes, you can in this life, you know, uh, but obviously you can sink if that's what you want to do, you know, so there's a sense in which our destiny, our future is in our hands. So let's go to the first writing, some of the oldest religious writings in the world, the first writing about pyramids. This is the uh, plan view of the, uh, uh, in Saqqara, the Pyramid of Unis. And that arrow is pointing to where I'm going to read. The very beginning, when you walk in, here is the first thing you read. So of the oldest religious writings in the world, the first texts among the many, many, many pyramid texts that are inside, because the walls are covered in, in the Pyramid of Unis, these are the very first ones. There are four columns of text in the initial block there. The first block is missing, but some people have put together the first block to say it says, say the words. So I'm saying them. Say the words. The sword of Orion measures the grid. That's what we're doing with our overlay pyramid. We're measuring the grid. We're doing sacred geometry. The sword of Orion measures the grid, opening the doors of the sky. Now look at that grid that, that I talked about in our last video. I highlighted the streets in Cairo, or actually Giza. Can you, it's just like another go up. It's like another arrow. Go up, go up, ascend opening the doors of the sky. You know, there's Orion, and there's the three, you know, Giza pyramids there. And so uh, they're on the earth, but it's opening the doors of the sky. Before the doors close again, as a falcon flies, may Unus arise. Now, unbelievably to me, while I was making this video, in my backyard, see, that's a great pyramid trellis I built. You can see the angle of the great pyramid that left there. A falcon landed there and perched and uh so as a falcon flies may unus arise so here's a i tried to freeze a frame as the falcon flies there's a falcon flying what a beautiful thing it's hard to capture it it's a miracle as the falcon flies may unus arise there's something about the wonderful mysterious thing of how a hawk flies, a falcon flies, that we're supposed to rise. Beneath the holy ones, as they grow dark, they make a path for Unus. Unus takes the path. Unus becomes the falcon star, Sirius. So, just as I said, for decades I've been drawing men inside the Great Pyramid. I Before I found out about, you know, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, I, I saw that Orion was meant to be inscribed inside the Great Pyramid. I've done videos about how all the stars touch important parts of the pyramid here. And what's interesting is that shaft from the Queen's Chamber points to Sirius, and that shaft from the King's Chamber, both southern shafts, points to Orion. So in the very first text, the oldest religious writing in the world, the first place, there's no writing in 4th Dynasty Pyramids. There's no writing in 5th Dynasty Pyramids until this one, the last pharaoh of the 5th Dynasty, Unus. His pyramid is filled with writing, and the very first block mentions Sirius and Orion, which air shafts in the Great Pyramid point to. Amazing. So listen, I'm going to be holding a tour in April in Egypt. For you adventurers, a uh, more conventional tour in November, go to our website, learn about that. I hope you can travel with me and learn and grow about this stuff. You can find uh, on Amazon Kindle, uh, from the Amazon, my book, The Orion Correlation Theory Extended. 
I take Baval's theory of the three Giza pyramids and take it to all the pyramids and show how Orion touches base with them. From the stars to the soil of Egypt. So I hope you get that. Well, listen, uh, I'm trying to improve this channel. I'm trying to extend my reach. I think we're discovering important things. Spread the word. Thanks for watching.